Welcome to the Geektastic Dad podcast. My name is Jason. I'm your friendly neighborhood geek and father of a daughter. Today's episode will be focused on more of what it's like to be new to D&D. And I have an awesome guest who is fairly new to playing D&D, has observed it for years, but is new to playing. So I've appropriately titled this show Interview with a Noob. Before I uh, introduce my guest, a little shameless self-promotion. So if you would like to visit me on social media, send me an email, point your favorite web browser to geektastic.link slash contact. You can support my podcast, this wonderful bad habit of mine, by going to geektastic.link slash support. If you'd like to leave me a voice message and possibly have it played on the podcast, with your permission, of course, visit geektastic.link slash voicemail. You're sensing a theme. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast in your favorite app, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. And now, without further ado, let's get started. So now to introduce you to a great person, geek-tastic mom, and longtime friend of mine. I'm not going to say how long, because I don't like to. Uh, welcome, Tanya. Say hello. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm good, actually. Thank you so much for asking. So we will get into a conversation with my good friend Tanya here in a little bit. Um, but before we do that, it's time for another... What the geek? So I'm going to invite you into this conversation. So I finally saw Dune. I don't know if you've seen the new Dune movie yet. I have not. Oh, it is way better than I hoped. Um, I love Dune. Been a longtime fan uh, ever since I picked up the books years ago. Um, actually about to start reading it again because of the movie. But um, it was pretty magnificent, like cinematic gold. And in my opinion, was kind of a, one of the best iterations of the movie that I've seen so far. So the good news is Legendary Pictures has confirmed there will be a sequel to the Dune movie because it's awesome. And if they didn't, a lot of people would riot. Uh, the bad news, we're going to have to wait till October of 2023. So we've got Ooh. two years. So take your time seeing it, is what I'm saying. So um, there's an article from CBR.com in the show notes. Has a quick uh, read if you haven't seen the movie yet. Definitely do it. So you saw the... Uh, the trailer to Cowboy Bebop. I know you're not really an anime fan. I love Cowboy Bebop. It's like one of my favorites, and I'm super excited that they're making a live-action series of it. Um, I've seen all the characters except Edward, so uh, even I and the dog. So I did a little searching and found out from an IGN article. Confirms Ed is definitely going to be in this series. Now, have you ever seen any of it? Have you ever seen Cowboy Bebop at all? No, I've heard of it through one of my housemates which is why I knew it was coming to Netflix. I thought it was going to be like the original series. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it is, anime. but live action. But um, So Ed's, Ed's actually a girl, and her full name is Edward, Edward Wong Hao Pepe uh, Tavruski IV. <laughs> it's like wow. one of the more a bizarre characters on anime and just puts a lot of life into it. But So even though you're not a fan, something I've forgiven you a long time for, um, do you, do you think you watch the the actual show? Based on what I saw, yes, because okay. it has a spaceship. Here she is from a non anime 
perspective now an enemy fan perspective if it looks enticing so that's cool. um how about stranger things 4 are you a fan of stranger things 4 I haven't watched any of the Stranger Things. Or Stranger Things season four is coming out. I kind of mixed my thoughts there. But there's an article in Den of Geeks uh, about season four. I don't know if you're if you're into that kind of stuff. It's got this fun nostalgic thing, and it's kind of credited to making D and D a little bit cooler because in the first season they were yeah. a bunch of D and D geeks. But if you haven't seen it, it's worth it. It is dark, but season four is supposed to be like super dark. Um, there's actually a second article in the show notes. Um, about how it might be this full-on haunted house type thing. So it looks positively freaky. So if you haven't seen it, I haven't, it I haven't watched it past the first episode because I I felt like it was more horror, and I don't do horror. But if it's not, if it's just dark, dark I can handle. It does have a bit of a horror spin on it, but it's, I don't know, it's it's kind of well-balanced. You have to just see it. Go watch like the first three episodes, and if you're still not into it, I'll, I'll be okay with that. Such an influencer. Hey, look, I'm watching this show. Check it out. And then next thing I know, I'm addicted to it. Yeah, I, I'm a bad influence. Terrible influence. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for What the Geek. And now on to the rest of our show. I want to thank everyone again for joining me at Geektastic Dad. I've been doing a run on the player's handbook for Dungeons and Dragons, or as we geeks like to call it, D&D. Because of that, I thought it would be fun to have a conversation with somebody, a friend of mine, who is new to playing D&D. It's Tanya. You've already met her. And get her take on what it's like to kind of learn the game, basically be tossed into the middle of a campaign. Because <laughs> she didn't start from the beginning. We, we we had an opening. Well, we've always had openings. We're always willing to bring on more players. But anyway, so we invited her in, and she graciously accepted. And um, I'm curious how, how it's been progressing through having watched people play for years to actually picking up dice and being a part of it yeah i'll open it up there and just say how do you think the campaign's going i love it there are so many things that i love about it when i was looking over the questions i'm like well this is going to be three answers you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean if you only use three words for all the answers this will be really short which is okay. No, they're not. Sorry. <laughs> so, but I do have a bunch of questions. Some of them are related to D&D, some not. Um, but some of, you know, just to get to know you a little bit better. Like, what are your favorite TV shows you like to watch? I mentioned some of mine. Right. You're aware, but the listeners might not be that I'm a big science fiction buff. Even if people said, oh, it was horrible, I'll still watch it because I love science fiction so much. As far as favorites, it's be Stargate. I like all the Stargates. And I like Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I love my beast. I can't even tell you I can't even tell you how many times I've watched that series all the way through. I want it again. I have the unpopular opinion that the second iteration of BSG is better than the first. There are people that are not listening anymore because of that. I'm with you on that though. I like the newer one. And, of course, Star Trek. I've watched them, except for the original one. I don't really particularly like that multiple times. More people stop listening. <laughs> no. What? I, I dig all the Star Trek. I'm not a huge fan of the original. I think it's it's got its place in history, and and it's fun to watch them. But I might need... You know my favorites. Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But have you seen... You mentioned Stargate. Have you seen Stargate Universe? A couple of them. 
Okay, not many people even know it exists. It's really bizarre, but I loved it. I only, unless I'm, I'm not very techy, as you know. I only found them where I could watch them on my phone or the computer, which is annoying to me. Yeah, we'll have to fix that. <laughs> have to come over and hook up with a Roku stick or something. So tell me some of your hobbies out, outside of D&D, of course. What what do you do for fun? This gives me pause because I'm not really a big hobby person. I I suppose people might consider my soap making a hobby or the, any of the crafts that I like to do. I do enjoy painting and as you know, um, search a word puzzles. Right on. Yeah, I know you're working on a project that I'm not going to mention. Right. Let's not mention that. No, we'll keep that quiet for now. <laughs> I used to go to the SAC gets togethers. Oh, okay, that's pretty fun. I mean, Renaissance Festival. Oh, that's a hobby. That has well, to be a hobby. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna mention that one. The SAC, where you know you meet like once a week, and everybody was in costume with their weapons, and yeah. that was really fun. They are definitely traditionalists when it comes to authenticity. But um, that's cool. You know, I mentioned you're you're not new to the concept of D and D. You've experienced it in the past. Um, you, you know, you're okay talking about you know what you've what your involvement with D and D has been historically. I was introduced to D and D by my late husband Scott, um, who was completely obsessed. Obsessed. I'm not joking. Second edition. Always always had his nose in one of those books. And I would, to interact with him, ask him questions about what he was reading or, you know, what he was doing with the Ultima Online and stuff. And I found myself very drawn to it. But I hesitated to get involved with it because it was his thing, you know. And I wanted to, it to just be his thing. Yeah, second edition or advanced D&D rules are much different than they are now. So mm -hmm. it'd, be, it'd be interesting to go back. I, I played AD&D years ago just for a little bit. and took a pause and then ended up in third edition. So, and then now fifth edition, I skipped fourth. <laughs> I think everyone skipped fourth. And he had a bunch of the, the books, not the like technical books and the monster books, but the stories from, um, oh my goodness, what, what's the, what's it called? You know what it's called? TSR? Yeah, but you bought me a book. Dragonlance? Dragonlance, thank you. Yeah. I would say, hey, Scott, can I, can I borrow that book? <laughs> Awesome. I go off and, and read it. Yeah, the Chronicles, I think I gave you the annotated one. Yes. Yeah, that was that was Thank fun to so read. Just had the little stuff in the in mm -hmm. the sides, but uh that's cool. Uh speaking of books, do you have a favorite fantasy book series? I actually don't have a favorite one. I'm so big into it that I'll pretty much read, you know, if somebody recommends it, I'll pretty much read it. Nice. Yeah, my I mean, my favorite's Dragonlance Chronicles and Dragonlance Legends. Mm -hmm. And it's it's only because that's where I cut my teeth on fantasy. Um right. I used to sit in the commons area, I used to go to school early, sit in the commons area and just read. Here's a funny one. My first fantasy novel, you ready? Was when I was a teenager. It was actually a love story, a romance fantasy novel that my mom gave me. Really? Mm-hmm. And I cannot remember the name of it, but I really liked it. It had like time travel and stuff in it, and even though it was a romance, you know, I still like the fantasy portion of it. 
that ever comes back to you, let me know. It sounds very intriguing. No, oh, I wish I could remember the name of it so I could go read it again. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I thought I'm obsessive or anything. <laughs> right. No, it'd be fun. We could probably find it. We do enough Googling. I'm pretty good with my Google foo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk about the the game. Tell me about your character, Dalem the Lunas Lunas Lunastaga. 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 Never say that right. <laughs> tell me about Dalem. Well, first of all, he's male, and I'm obviously not. That's okay. It's fun to. I've actually played female characters. It's fun to play something that you're not. Also fun to take a little bit of yourself and put it in each character that you built. Yes. So there is a little bit of me in him. I'll leave that up to you to figure out which parts <laughs> those are. <laughs> Hopefully it's not um, the part that collects bones. <laughs> no, no. But um, he's a half human, half orc. Um, he's a big guy. He's like 6'4". He's what you guys call a meat. Meat shield. Mm-hmm. He's a barbarian. And I think the rest of the characters have taken um their turns at somehow lighting him on fire or puncturing him with arrows or something like he just happens mm-hmm. to be in the way and they just light him up yep, pretty much <laughs> he doesn't mind it fair enough the most difficult thing about playing him is his intelligence he doesn't really have very much intelligence which is the exact opposite of my normal character like I found when I first started gaming with you guys that I was like taking down notes and you know stuff I'm like wait a minute wait a minute my character would not do this <laughs> and sometimes I'll even like take my earphones off if you guys are talking about something that I don't think my character would have the knowledge of or understand so I don't hear it interesting that's a new depth of like immersion that I didn't realize you were doing <laughs> That's fantastic. But I also, I like him because I get to go around beating on stuff, and that's that's fun. Yes, you, um, let's see, in-game you have ripped off appendages and beaten characters with it. That's one of my favorite things I've ever done. <laughs> that was awesome. That was, that was improvised weapon, it works. Mm-hmm. Anything else about Dalim you want to share? Um, I made the character have some internal conflict because I thought that would be interesting. Most orcs don't like elves, for instance, or elves. Whereas my character, uh, he has a he loves elves. He tends to put his affection where he should not. <laughs> Constantly referring to the pretty little elf girl. Yes, but she left the game and now the only elf girl left is the dark lady. The <laughs> dark scary dark lady mm-hmm. he doesn't find her scary yeah it's hard to scare a barbarian so that's fair mm-hmm. so what made you decide to finally pick up the dice and joined our merry band of misfits my best friend kept offering and kept <laughs> mentioning it and to be completely blunt i thought well, why keep offering like keep saying no and i thought well, it might be something so Something he might want to see if I'm interested in to further our friendship, to be able to have something else in common. So I decided to join. I'm glad you joined. It's been fun. I appreciate it. It has. 
So what's what's been the hardest or most challenging part of getting started playing D and D? I think it was my insecurity of not knowing how to play and worried that it would negatively affect the game has been the main thing about starting to play. The thing is, is though that anything you're going to have insecurity about, the best thing to do is just, you know, do it. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, we got a pretty good group. Yes, we do. The more people that play, the, the better off we are. So enjoy bringing, I, I've always enjoyed bringing people in and having, you know, them learn and, and grow because it's always this new, it's, I tell people D&D is like, pretend for grown-ups. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it is. It really is. And then you start LARPing. <laughs> I've done that several times. I mean, if we weren't mostly virtual, it would probably have already happened. <laughs> so what, what do you love most about playing D&D? See, that one's going to have multiple answers. <laughs> you mean you can pick your favorite. <laughs> I, I couldn't pick just one. I was thinking about it, and I was like, there's not just one. The first thing I would say, though, would be the interaction with the other players. It is a very social game, but it's not like at a party where people are drinking. It's what I might plan to do in a scenario or an encounter is going to be for it's going to be altered or affected by what the other players do. Yeah, yeah, and I think your your annoying DM has thwarted some of your plans a few times. He has messed up so many epic entries. I just like, seriously? Seriously? I had this all planned out in my head. It was going to be awesome. <laughs> but I also get to act out some of my personal attributes through my character. Like, I wouldn't go around just smacking people, but he can. <laughs> it comes in handy when you've had a particularly rough day and you feel like the smackings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And to be honest, I love messing with the DM's plans. Yeah, you guys are good at that. We back in I had a gaming group years ago. We used to have the the um, mantra, if you will, that the dice know. You just you roll the dice and they know, and you just live with it. <laughs> and sometimes it takes you off course and and into mm-hmm. uh, into some good areas and some bad areas. But all right, anything else you want to share about that? As far as um, I love most, no. Yeah, things you enjoy. All right, so what do you find most challenging about playing D&D? Well, wait a minute. You didn't ask me about my favorite moment during the campaign. Well, okay. We'll, we'll go to that one. That's that was next on my question. list. But... <laughs> it's a different question. That's why I didn't continue talking. <laughs> All right, we'll go with that one. What, what was your favorite moment during our campaign? Okay. You mentioned it, it's listed as the number one out of three. It's when I used the creature's arm as an improvised weapon and I walked around smacking my, you know, the other baddies with it. Because I literally imagined myself, you know, kind of having it over my shoulder and just, you know, slapping. <laughs> <laughs> it did more damage than my axe. So that it, was awesome. It did. The other favorite moments during the campaign is when of our other adventurers reverse the gravity <laughs> and <laughs> destroyed your ship. Absolutely love that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite encounter might surprise you. My favorite encounter was the wooden mechanical okay. baddies that you made. And part of the reason is, is I get tired of just facing <laughs> ghouls and right. undead. I want, I want some variety in there. And you provided the variety. 
so that was really fun for me. Yeah, runaway um, gnomish creatures, <laughs> mechanical creatures, automatons. But fun. Where do you where do you feel about sandworms? <laughs> well, you ruined my entrance on that one too, but that's okay. I have all these grand entrances planned, you know, and they get smashed. <laughs> <laughs> Tart it. <laughs> yeah. Sandworm was great. It wasn't an undead ghoulie. Yeah, right. You guys ruin my stuff. I ruin your stuff. It's it's well balanced. <laughs> mm -hmm. It always has to be my entrances. <laughs> you know, and do this jump over the wall and. <laughs> great. The wall's only it's funny that the, off the, ground. the times that you've had to miss and somebody's had to play your characters when your character gets beat up the most. So there's something, there's some X factor about you playing Dolom that keeps them alive. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been trying to, uh, for lack of a better term, be more dangerous. I mean, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm holding back. I don't know. That's why he started wandering off that and so he was ignoring what was being said because he's too stupid to know those things. <laughs> that was one of my favorites was when he just like mm -hmm. ran through a dungeon setting off traps. <laughs> and that was challenging for me to play because I'm not that kind of person. I would have figured out the pattern, you know, but I'm like, no, I'm playing Dalem. He would not know. He'd just keep going and get angrier and angrier. And <laughs> that fulfill your list of favorites or do you have any more you're such a good dm well thank you i try <laughs> you make it interesting i feel a little off kilter and and uh sometimes i'm just making stuff up you guys know mm -hmm. that right yep i love your maps and the pictures of the creatures because it really helps me to visualize and it's been great having a group of people that are okay with the newbie and they've been really nice i mean even now with still questions i feel like i should know the answers to willingly answer them with with no problems it's really nice to have a good group it is a good group i'm glad i'm glad we we came together like i said i'm merry bed of misfits mm -hmm. all right so ready for the what's the most challenging thing about playing D, D question yeah that would be it's a game mechanic it's i'm still having trouble knowing when i do something with advantage or disadvantage it seems like there's another party member that when they're around me, I can roll with advantage, but I don't really understand. <laughs> the paladin, yeah. Yeah, when that happens or when it doesn't. And a lot of times I've been able to roll with advantage and haven't because I, I just didn't understand. So that's the hardest part for me is the advantage-disadvantage. I think if I try you to remind a... you on initiative because mm -hmm. you always get advantage on initiative. And I always forget that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but if you have a good group of people, I think, you know, when you start, you're going to find that you're going to pick things up, you know, by doing in the game, it'll be Absolutely. much easier yep. than just sitting there reading the rule book. Yeah. It, it's hard to understand the, the constructs, the mechanics until you actually mm -hmm. use them. And some of the, some of the mechanics are, are, you know, there's a lot left to interpretation as well. And it's. That's one of the hardest part of being a DM is like, does this seem fair? Is it, you know, imbalanced? Or am I being a jerk? <laughs> I'm letting him do stuff. So uh, there's, you know, that that's one of the hardest things for me 
is, you know, having to say no with certain things uh, because it's a rule. Uh, but sometimes I sidestep that. If it makes sense in the game or the campaign or the moment, then it makes sense and we roll with it. But well, you are the god in the in the game. So <laughs> keep calling me that. That's gonna mean trouble. <laughs> I know God won't like it. <laughs> so, would you ever consider being a dungeon master someday? I would. My only drawback would be knowing the rules and the rules for each each player and what you know they would naturally be able to do and what I would need to. Well, I'd be concerned about the the rules portion, the mechanics of the game. As far as doing a campaign and creatures and a storyline, I I would excel at that because I like I like doing stuff like that. So maybe we could co-DM at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'll make the that. maps, like, you, you make what? the story, and we'll figure out the <laughs> rules together. <laughs> All right. So, what advice would you have for anybody who's interested in starting but hesitant to, hesitant to do so? Well, I found it very helpful that you guys let me listen to a couple sessions first. So I got a feel for what was you know going on and heard what it sounded like and visualized it with the apps and stuff that you provided. I would recommend that when you find a group, see if you can sit in and listen. And I think it's important to talk to the members of the group openly with any questions you might have to see if you know you guys you mesh well. Sure. Yeah, and it's really it's just really a matter of just hey, you know what? I'm gonna give this a try because it's fantastic fun. I find it very relaxing and mentally. Sometimes I get a little into it, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, some there have been some games where you know I'm exhausted when it's over because there's been mm-hmm. so much excitement, so much yes. chaos. But, and I'm thinking, why am I so tired? Does it, does it really take that much energy to use my brain? It does. Totally does. <laughs> so I have some, some D&D facts that I pulled together. Um, so D&D, actually, the, the original Dungeons & Dragons had a competitor that published in 1975, about one year after D&D was published. It was called T&T, or Tunnels and Trolls. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was a fantasy-based role-playing game designed by uh, Ken St. Andrew. Andre uh, was published by Flying Buffalo. Um, would you believe that it's still around? In fact, August 2015, they published Deluxe Tunnels and Trolls. Uh, no. So it's actually still a thing. Yeah, you can look it up. It's, it's, it amused me. I've actually been tempted to get the source material and, and look at it. I did know that recently they've been using... Dungeons and Dragons to help autistic children. Really? Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Is it what 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 helps? What is it about it that helps them? I think it has something to do with social skills. I would have to try and find them. If I can find the article while you're and you're talking about what you learned. So no, that's that's very fascinating. I didn't know that. Um, I've got some names of celebrities. I want you to tell me if you think that they are or are not self-proclaimed D&D players. You ready? Mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert. Not. From the Colbert Report? Not. Okay. Vin Diesel. Fast and Furious and all those? Yes. Right on. Matt Growing, the creator of The Simpsons? Maybe. Not an answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll give you the answers at the end. 
Chris Hardwick. Um, he's the host of The Talking Dead, the show that plays after Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, Walking Dead. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Moby, uh, musical American music songwriter Moby. No. Uh, Mike Myers, actor, comedian, Wayne's World guy. Um, Austin Powers. Yeah. Um, how about Nathan Fillion? You know him, Firefly Castle, the rookie. I'm going to go with the on him. Uh, this will be an easy one. Will Wheaton, young Ensign West yeah. Crusher. <laughs> uh, and Robin Williams. Maybe. Would you believe all of them are self-proclaimed D&D players? Wow. <laughs> I had no idea Vin Diesel was into it. I thought that was fascinating. There's a lot of lot of closet D&D people, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, regarding the autism and D&D, I've got a couple things that they say it helps. It helps them to learn to make decisions. It's a social okay. game. As you know, individuals with autism have problems with social situations. Interesting. And you, they that, learn about consequences great. based on particular actions and decisions. It's very rules based, which, as you are aware, they like lots of like, yep. There's a lot of flexibility involved, which is good. It requires a lot of imagination and creativity. And I can say, having Nikki, that he definitely sells that. It can help with initiating conversation. I wonder how a... they have to handle encounters. Like, do they hack and slash like everyone else, or do they have to modify the game? could be as violent or safe as you want it to be and i'm not sure learn about collaboration or lack thereof it, they think it's a good way to make new friends and you can explore your identity and deep themes themes that may otherwise be difficult which is part of what i was saying about being part of yourself into the character and being able to you know utilize that and work with that in the game yeah i could totally see character development character building being a really good way to uh, do that self-expression that they may challenge be challenged with, and gain self-confidence. There's a there's a lot of different ones. There's like twenty of them in here. Nice. That is something that I would love to do, like a whole episode on. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Apparently, they've developed a new game called Critical Core as a social intervention tool for children and adults with autism. Is it and it's based on D and D or mm -hmm. valuable for neurodivergent people? Is this something that uh, um, you're going to get Nikki into? Um, I don't know. My thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right, that's that's really great. Like I said, I could probably do a whole episode on that. Um, <laughs> Some research you might want to. I yeah, for sure. I love researching. <laughs> Can't help myself. Me too. Um, okay. So you're familiar with Gary Gygax. He's credited as being the father mm -hmm. of D D. He never had a full length biography published of him until twenty fifteen. Really? That surprises me. Like it was it's called mm -hmm. Gary Gygax and the Birth of Dungeons and Dragons by Michael Whitner. Whitwer, sorry, Whitwer. Um, but yeah, no, he never had any full biographies published about him, which surprises me. Is there going to be a link to that? I will put one in there. I'll find Thank one you. and put it in there. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and then the last one, the last fun fact I have is that there, there is actually a game of D&D &D that has gone on for f almost 40 years. 
Uh, in September 2020, CNC published an article called This Game of Dungeons and Dragons has been going on for 38 years. And I'll, I'll find and post the link of that one as well uh, in the show notes. But that, that, I mean, can you imagine doing time. this? Right? Well, we're going to wrap this up. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close out the show? Just that I really can't explain how much fun it is to play D&D. Just, there are no words for how fun it is. And apparently everybody becomes a dice goblin. Yes. Yeah, no, it's an addiction for sure. <laughs> Luckily, it's a healthy. That's fair. As long as you don't spend too much. Exactly. And I love that D&D Beyond has the you know, electronic dice. And it's got everything right there where I can, oh yeah, where I can click on it so I know what helps to learn more when you've got a platform that tells you what each thing does. That's really nice. Yes. No, it makes it so much easier. It was, I mean, it's a, it's a far cry from my third edition days where we had literally pencil and paper. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were lucky, you found a really great spreadsheet that you could keep track of everything on. Yes. So it's a, it's awesome. So, right on. Well, thank you. Um, thank that's you it for, for today. Me. Yeah. Um, I enjoy recording these podcasts. Um, they're even more fun when I can share the experience. So, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate it. So, well. I'm going to go do my shameless self promotion again and then we'll finish this up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, consider supporting my bad habit. Just point your favorite web browser to geektastic.link slash support. If you give me 20 bucks, I'll try to convince Tanya to come back. Um, Thank you for joining us, us, uh, both of us. And uh, you're probably going to get more listeners than I did, for sure. Like and share this podcast with your friends and spread the word. Uh, if you want to visit me on social media, send me an email. Open your browser to geektastic.link slash contact. Uh, again, like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite apps, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you can find. Um, you can also see it at geektastic.link slash podcast. And if you prefer, you can just sit there and listen to it from my website. So if you want to leave me a voice message and possibly have it played on my podcast, with your permission, of course, visit geektastic.link slash voicemail. So be kind to each other, have fun, and always, always stay geektastic. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you.